Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, everybody. What a sad week it has been in the sports world. On Sunday, we lost Bill Russell the iconic, legendary Boston Celtic human rights activist, uh, social justice. You talk about Bill Russell, and then 48 hours later, we learn that we lose Vince Scully. Just a two legendary, iconic figures. I mean, when you look at the sport of basketball and when you look at sports announcing and baseball and the Dodgers, and of course, Vin announced football and golf. But, I mean, who would you put ahead of those two? How about nobody, right? What an awful week. 88 years old, Bill Russell, Vin Scully, 94. I guess we should be grateful, and I say this in all sincerity, that they lived beyond a full life and, for the most part, in very good health. So we should be grateful. Bill Russell, Ben Scully. Coming up on my podcast Friday, we're going to get more into this. I'm going to have past members of the Dodgers organization, some very well-known players from previous Dodger teams to get their memory about being around Vin Scully. And then Jerry Reynolds, who has phenomenal stories working alongside Bill Russell when he was the coach of the Kings, he'll come on and share some memories from his perspective. That will be coming up on my podcast on Friday. If you have any thoughts on the passing of either Bill Russell or Finn Scully let me know, but I mean, it's really been a hard week. I mean, seriously, two legendary iconic figures in the world of sports. Uh, the National Football League, did they finally do something right? They're going to appeal. They have appealed. The six-game suspension handed out by former federal judge Sue Robinson on Tuesday, right? Or was it Monday? I think it was Monday. I beg your pardon. The NFL, from what we're hearing, wants Watson suspended indefinitely. And I think that's exactly what should happen. So stay tuned, as they say. Stay tuned. 
the National Football League wants a much longer suspension for Deshaun Watson. Now, under the collective bargaining agreement, Roger Goodell, okay, will determine who will hear the appeal. He has the option to consider the appeal himself or can appoint another to do so. So stay tuned for that. All right? Stay tuned for that. All right, I want to hear from you today the memories of the great Vin Scully. If you want to reflect back on Bill Russell, too, we did that a couple of days ago, but uh, certainly there are a lot of people that still want to talk uh, about Bill Russell and obviously the passing yesterday of Vin Scully. I up on my podcast Friday, we'll get a lot more into this. I think for me personally, and Vin, Vin had, I mean, so many phenomenal calls. But that call that he had of Henry Aaron's record-breaking 715th home run, when he says that a black man is receiving a standing ovation in the Deep South. And what a great moment it was for America. I mean, think about the foresight of Vin Scully to make that description of that home run and to bring that right out. It was phenomenal, just phenomenal. And there are a lot of great calls Vin Scully made. I mean, they're incredible. You know, the Kirk Gibson home run, you talk about, you know, the catch, Montana to Clark. You've got so many. You know, the Bill Buckner ball went through his legs. Perfect games. I mean, we can go on and on and on. There will never be anyone like Vince Scully. I mean, 67 years. Think about that for a minute. 67 years. The voice of the Dodgers. From 1950 until 2016, 67 years. That's just, I mean, what else can you say? And he was still a really good announcer in year 67. I mean, that was the thing about Vince Gully. You know, he's announcing games in 2016, and he's still sharp as a tack. And if you're a Dodgers fan and you grew up with that voice year after year, decade after decade, how blessed were you, seriously, to have Vin Scully as your announcer for 67 years? Wow. 67 years. Remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. So, again, if you want to talk about this or anything else, it is uh, open forum Wednesday, and we will definitely get to your uh, phone calls. All right, let's start with Jeff right here on uh, open forum Wednesday. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Grant. How are you doing today? Okay, how are you? Good, good. Man, you, you took a little bit of my thunder on the Scully calls. I, I had a, I, I was doing some research on that today, and 
even had the he even had the Cubs Giants series when Will Clark had his yep. phenomenal series. Yep. Uh, anyways, uh, I'm glad the NFL did. Uh, you know, I don't know what's going to come of it. I just well, you just, I didn't hear about it till you just brought it up. So that's awesome. So, but getting back to Vince Coley, um, I mean, he, he he was so poetic, you know, and the way he talked. And uh, you know, I'm a Giants fan, and I get I watched his biography, and he he started off being a Giants fan. He said he was in New York. He was going by, and he and he was going by uh, like a laundry mat, a Chinese laundry mat. And he was looking at the score, and the Giants were getting trounced by the Yankees and the Royals, and he became a Giants fan because he felt sorry for him. He was a Giants fan all the way up until he was hired by the Brooklyn Dodgers. That's correct. I believe the score of that game was like 16 to four or something. And yeah. uh, that's, that's when Vin first fell in love with baseball. Absolutely correct. Yeah. So anyways, I was looking back, reflecting on his calls, you know, and he just, like you said, he had the Gibson call. And I, I guess what he, he let the crowd roar for 70 seconds. I looked it up and it said for 70 seconds, he just let the listener soak it in of the atmosphere. I mean, is that important as an announcer? I mean, did you do that too? Or Yeah, I did that. Um, I always, you know, again, if you go and Google, you know, my, my call that a lot of people talk about when Bogdan Bogdanovich oh, yeah. hit the game, hit the game winner against the Lakers. Um, I laid out for quite a while. Uh, when you're at home, as opposed to on the road, it's mm-hmm. totally different because right. on the road, you don't lay out because the crowd is quiet and right. you have to provide the energy and the excitement. But when you're when you're when there's a great moment for the home team, you don't need to because the crowd does that all for you and you can't really talk over the crowd. So, you okay. know, it's something you learn, something you learn as you go along. But on the road. You don't right. lay out uh, for 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 very long. I mean, you might lay out for a couple seconds, but really, right. you got to understand when you know this. But when you when when you're on the road, you're the visiting team, oh, and yeah. you win the it game moves. at the end. The crowd the crowd is quiet. It's like a library. So you gotta right. you gotta pick up. You know, you gotta you gotta at that point in time, you've got to bring the energy. Right. Well, that leads me now that you brought that up. I wrote this down today too because I looked back into your calls. And I didn't know, but on YouTube, there was like the 50 greatest calls in the Kings history. And you were like the majority of them. There was a few of uh, uh, different announcers, other home team announcers. But I really enjoyed listening to you and Jerry. Jerry and his, his one-liners and names he comes up for, for things. It's just, it, it just got me giggling and laughing, remembering him. But what, so back to what you just said, you had Bogey and the Lakers, but then you had Buddy Heald in Detroit. So Detroit, right. Detroit was on the road, and Buddy ran Correct. out of the thing. So yep. what? What was your? I mean, looking back on it, can you tell me which one was your better call or favorite? No, um, not really. I, I, I think they were both good calls. I, I don't really like ranking my calls. I've always okay. let, I've and I've always let the fans do that. Um, I've never wanted to be self-serving. I've never felt that the game was about me. Right. And I had a job to do, just like Iron Eagle, you know, right. talked about that on the podcast yesterday. And uh-huh. you know, you're you're as good as your last game. And 
you know, right. people don't remember, you know, they, and it, there's a lot of truth to that. I always tried to hit a home run on the big moments because the reality is if I announce a game for two and a half hours, like I did with the Kings and the Lakers that night, yeah. nobody, nobody, not one time has anyone come up to me and ask me or mention anything that I called in the first quarter of that game, <laughs> the second quarter of the game, the third quarter of that game, or the first 11 minutes and 50 seconds of the fourth quarter. Nobody, not once has anybody asked me about anything that happened in the first 47 minutes and 50 seconds. Okay. So you as a broadcaster, just like we heard from Vin with Hank Aaron or the Kirk Gibson call or Dwight Clark or whatever, you as an announcer are always judged by how you handle the biggest moments, how right. you call the biggest moments. That's what announcers are remembered for. Okay. Right. When you think about great announcers and you can pick out whomever you want, you always reflect back onto the biggest moments, their best calls and the moments. And so, you know, the Kirk Gibson home run, all right? I guarantee you, nobody ever has gone up to Vince Coley and said, hey, tell me about that call you made in the third inning of that game. You understand? No, I'm the just saying. You, you, the improbable, right? the improbable. <laughs> right. So you, you as an announcer are remembered right. judged by how did you call the biggest moment of the game or the biggest moment of the season or whatever you want to call it? That's what right. you're remembered for in this profession. So you could have announced, I could have announced a great game against the Lakers that night. I could have been as good as I've ever been, but it right. wouldn't have mattered because nobody would have ever talked about anything other than the game winning shot. And how about this? Had that shot not gone in? Uh. Now, just think about that. Had that shot not gone in, that would have gone from one of the great moments right. in the history of the Golden One Center to a, a, a non-moment. No one would have ever talked about it. Yeah, you're right. And there's plenty of those. But I was amazed by watching that, watching that clip how many calls you had at the end of games. I mean, with calls, with, with the market, with Weber, uh, uh, Tyreek Evans, Fox, all these calls you had at the end, I, I, I couldn't remember them all. Jeff, Jeff, I announced for 32 years. I mean, there's 82 games a year. Of course there's going to be, I mean, but think about it, Jeff. There's, of course, of course, there's probably many, I didn't, I hadn't even looked at that clip you sent me yet, but I mean, the reality is there's probably even more than that. There's probably a lot more than that. I, I, but I, what my point was the last seconds, last seconds, I, you know, I know the last minute of the game, but there was just a lot of last second calls. And that was just, it really pumped me up, you know, watching it. And, but you know, one thing I want to ask you about, what is your, uh, impression because uh, watching it there was uh, I was watching Tyreek and some of the moves he had and I get and then watching Fox are they similar Fox is faster but what do you think about their moves no Tyreek Ty, Tyreek was a no Tyreek was a more powerful player uh, okay. Tyreek was a played with a lot of power De'Aaron plays with a lot of speed and grace um, okay. they're both they're, they both are bad shooters. That's a similarity. Tyreek right. was never a good three-point shooter. 
De'Aaron has not proven to be a good three-point shooter, so they're similar in their faults that way. Uh, but Tyreek was more of a freight train, okay? Uh, De'Aaron's more of a thoroughbred kind of a gazelle, all right, if that okay. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, I, I enjoyed it. You got to go back. I know, you know, I don't know, you, you've got so many memories, but the, you'll get a kick out of just listening to Jerry and the things that he says, the names he comes yeah. up with with people and the plays and that's what made me laugh the most yeah well you sent me something else and i will tell you that the clip that you sent me of the king's mavericks playoff game oh yeah to this to this day of all of the basketball games i've ever announced yes i've always felt that that was the best game that i ever called now i was on radio that day i Uh did the game by i did the game by myself Oh. And I was talk- I was talking about this with Ian Eagle yesterday. Yeah. I- I've never announced a perfect game, but I remember that game, and I remember interviewing Bobby Jackson on the post-game show that day, and Bobby could not believe it because I had like eight or nine or ten empty water bottles in front of me. And he was looking <laughs> at me like – and he no, and he was looking at me. He was just like, whoa, what? what? And I'm like, yeah, you know. That that game was so intense, and it was such a an incredible comeback. Playoffs, Kings, Mavs, and to this day, of all of the games I've ever announced, I don't think I've ever announced a better game than I did that afternoon between uh, the Kings and the Mavs. I and I. I, 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 I'll never forget that game. Never. I'm glad I sent it to you. And that got me thinking back when Mike, when I was a kid and something Vince Scully said on his autobiography was the old transistor radio. Did you used yep. to keep that in your bed under your pillow? Of course. Your pillow? I mean, of course. you know, even going to the games at Candlestick, we had the, we had, I listened to Russ Hodges and yeah. Lon Simmons. Oh, Russ, bye-bye, baby, and uh, Lon Simmons. And, sure. And, you know, the, uh, those days are gone, but, you know, what a – Well, listen, I remember, I remember going to Yankee Stadium on Sundays in the 60s when Marty Glickman was the radio announcer for the New York Giants. And I remember this as a kid. When you used to walk up and down, we, our tickets, our seats were in the bleachers at Yankee Stadium. And if I had to get up, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm there at four, five, six, seven years old. If I went up to get something to drink or I had to go to the bathroom, I remember Marty Glickman's voice as if it were in stereo because so many people brought their transistor radios that as you walked up and down and to go to the restroom or whatever, you would hear Marty Glickman's voice everywhere because so many people brought their radios to listen to the game isn't while they that, were watching him. Isn't that great? Yep. Now people have... Uh, earbuds, and you can't hear. Them I know anymore. they got the yep. thing, but that's nostalgia. Yep. I'll never, I mean, yep. even playing when my grandma was a Giants fan, and we'd play Yahtzee in Millbrae, and she had yep. the old radio going. We'd sit in there playing with my Aunt Susie and my Grandma Martha, and with the radio. And those, I mean, those were enjoyable. I mean, those that was yep. enjoyable. Well, I remember the again, I remember Marty Glickman as a kid, I remember his voice like it was yesterday. It's ingrained oh. in my mind, listening to Marty Glickman uh, do the New York Giants. And we also, I would also point out to you that when we were, where, where our seats were in the bleachers, mm-hmm. you know, from about the 50-yard line in, we had really good seats, okay? But when the, when the, 
when the Giants were down at the other end of the field, you actually uh, had to rely on Marty Glickman to know what the hell was going on because it was too far away to really see. In other words, you could see. No, it's the it's the truth. So you know, people in the bleachers had their their transistor radios because again, when the when the when the play was on the other end of the field inside the right. twenty yard line, it was very difficult to really see. You didn't know whether a running back in one yard or four yards right. or right. so you know you you depended on listening to the announcer in this case Marty Glickman I remember that as a kid vividly you know and you know I've always thought about that you know you know Crook and Kipe I love them to death and I, I always thought why don't they pipe the sound in of some of the you know wouldn't that be I don't know I always wondered what do you mean game. I don't understand what you mean pipe the sound in into a game I mean like a, a you can hear them announcing Instead of like on TV or radio, have them announce. You can hear them announce while you're in the stands. Uh, it, it would be. It, I don't know. I'd, I'd, just, I'd always wondered why they. I think it's silly. I know you think it's silly or how it would detract from the game or whatever. But I'm just wondering how possible that would be. Well, you have to also understand one thing. When you are announcing a game, particularly on radio. You need to be able to hear the announcer because you don't have your eyes to rely on. You only have your ears. So I've always been bothered, and I've actually called up radio stations in the middle of games to tell them to tell their engineer to turn down the crowd mic. No, I'm serious. What really? good is it? Absolutely. What good is it listening to a game on radio if you can't really hear the announcer because the no. crowd mic is up too loud? And right. it, it's never made sense to me. You know, I'll, right. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what the worst was. It was the Raiders. And I used to right. tell Greg Popper this all the time. And I used to tell the Raiders, I used to say, what are you doing? You right. can't hear what Papa is saying. And Papa screams anyway. You still oh, couldn't yeah. hear him because they had the crowd up so loud. It drove me oh. crazy. But yeah, anyway. Right. Well, been all right, man. Today and I enjoyed looking. You got to look at those calls. And I think I you will. enjoyed it. And enjoy Jerry. Thank you, <laughs> right, Thank you very much. Bye. All right, take care. All right, let's get from uh, Jeff to Ryan right here on Open Forum Wednesday. Hey, Ryan. What's going on, Grant? How's your day going? Everything's great, buddy. Thanks for calling. Excellent. Yeah, my pleasure. Hey, you know, Vin, and condolences to his family and uh, all of the fans out there, players that he's been associated with, the Dodgers, but he completely changed the game in terms of broadcasting and laying out. He knew those moments, and Jeff mentioned or touched on this, he knew when to lay out, and he made a fan feel like they were actually at the game because there's only so many seats in a stadium. And that absolutely blew me away, but he also had a unique style, Grant, where he would tell stories within the game where, you know, it's not, oh, it's an 0-1 pitch. It's 2-1 in the count. He's telling stories that it almost made him feel like he was a family member sharing things yep. with you. And I, I thought that was so great of him. And the game itself was interweaved within the story so that Correct. the story was almost like a continuation with the baseball game mixed in, but it wasn't choppy. It was almost like it was one whole story where the baseball game fit into the story, even though the subject matter was completely different, but it just flowed. Vin had probably the best flow and rhythm 
of any broadcaster that ever lived. And he did lay out and he did make you feel like you were at the game. And again, I don't know this because I didn't start listening to baseball before I was born, but it appears to me that he was really the first announcer to ever understand to let the crowd tell the story and let the emotion of the game tell the story instead of the announcer for, for big moments. He did that, I think, honestly, as well as anyone that's ever lived and anyone that's ever announced sports. I agree. And let me ask you this. How much of an impact did his style have on you in terms of working with other announcers? Probably not as much as you think. I didn't listen to Vin Scully that much as a kid because growing up in New York, the only way I could ever listen to Vin Scully was when he was on national TV. I couldn't listen to the Dodger baseball game. So I didn't listen to Vin Scully. I listened to the New York announcers religiously, whether it was Marv Albert, Marty Glickman, whether it was Phil Rizzuto, Frank Messer, Bill White, Mel Allen doing the Yankees, whether it was, you know, uh, whatever. I, I, I didn't really listen to Vin Scully that much growing up. So I would say not much. Uh, the only time I remember Vin Scully as a kid, and I mean this, was when he was doing a national game. And he did a lot of national games. And we all knew who uh -huh. Vin Scully was. But in terms of the art of radio play-by-play, -play, and I'm really talking about radio now, I can't remember really listening to Vin Scully do many games on radio as a kid growing up. He just, I, I didn't have that at my disposal. How much different is doing a TV game versus doing the radio game? Oh, it's, it's 180 degrees. As a matter of fact, again, I was talking about Jeff. He sent me something today of my, uh, uh, Dave Grassoff is his name. He was the longtime uh, photographer and he's a very good friend of mine. And he is just does a phenomenal job. Uh, he put together a video of that playoff game between the Kings and the Mavs and had, I'll never forget this. He came up to me before the game and he said, are you okay if I put a microphone on you? Cause I'm going to shoot the game from the baseline and I would love to mix your call. And I go, yeah, of course. And he made the most amazing video of me calling. He actually showed me during it uh, as the Kings were going off towards their bench for a timeout with all the momentum. And I had my face was all grunted up and I was like, you know, I was like animated and it's, it was pretty amazing. It's on YouTube. You can look for it. Jeff sent it to me uh, via YouTube. Uh, it's, it's, I had not seen that in a while. I had seen it before. So it's not like I'm seeing it for the first time, but right. it's one of my, I, again, I, you know me, I don't really talk that much about my games and stuff. I've always just let the fans determine what is good and what's not good. But I really feel that that day, that playoff game was, well, you can look it up. I'll, I'll tell you what's under. It's under uh, DG Grant Napier Cole. So it's a minute 57 long. Uh, Dave put that up on YouTube three years ago. And again, it's called D, the initial DG. Grant Napier calls and check it out. It's on YouTube. And again, I, I think it's the best game 
that I've ever called. Again, I was on radio. I was by myself. And it was one of the great comebacks the Kings have ever made in the playoffs on the road. And I've always, in, I've here's something else I will share with you. I always enjoyed announcing big games on the road than at home. And the reason for that is when a team goes on the road like the Kings did in games three and games four until Robert Ory hit that big shot, I announced both of those games by myself on the radio. And what I remember was the Kings going into L.A. in the Western Conference Finals in game three and dominating the game where the Staples Center was like a library. And I, at that point, don't have to worry about the crowd. I don't have to worry about talking over the crowd. I provide all of the energy. I am truly the eyes and ears of the person listening back in Sacramento. And I've always enjoyed announcing big games on the road than instead of at home. Because at home, you cannot, couldn't, and think about this, Ryan, no way in the world am I going to be able to talk over the crowd at Arco Arena for the big games that the Kings play. Can't do it. So you, at that point, become more of a, just a fan watching a game like the listeners or the viewers are watching a game. I didn't want to watch the game. I wanted to announce the game. And announcing home games in a frenzied environment is much more challenging than announcing a game like that on the road. Because when your road team, the team that you're covering, plays that way on the road, they take the crowd out of the game. So you can really set, you'll hear it. When you go to the, if you go watch, it's DG Grant Napier calls on YouTube. You'll see what I'm talking about. I'll check it out. I, I you know, certainly there's always that excitement uh, with a home crowd and that explosion, especially at Arco Arena. I know one day we're going to get there at Golden One, but I can only imagine just having, you know, that excitement come through the radio and being able to, really articulate what's going on with a silent arena behind you. It's got to be the best. That game, uh, the, the, the two games that stick out are the game three at the Staples Center, Western Conference Finals, and that game between the Kings and the Mavs. Those two games, and I also felt that way about game four, until the end when Robert Ory hit the shot and that speaks for itself. But right. the, 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 I used to just love, love announcing games on the road. I love, I used to love announcing big games on the road when the Kings won. That was my favorite thing to do. Used to love that. Used to love it. I can only imagine Grant. Okay. So you're not getting off the hook that easy since it's open forum Wednesday. Yes. So I've got a quick game for you. I know how much you love these. If you were able to broadcast with anyone in these four sports, I'm going to go through them one by one. Tell me who it would be. The first is football. Kurt Gowdy. Who's Kurt Gowdy? <laughs> Kurt Gowdy is one of the great announcers that ever lived. So that's another, that's another homework assignment for you is to Google Kurt Gowdy when we're done and listen to his calls. He is, was a legend in the business. 
was somebody that was Mr. NBC Sports before Dick Enberg was the number one announced team for the NFL, did a lot of other things. But Kirk Gowdy, uh, great baseball announcer, probably in football, I would go back and say Kirk Gowdy. Now, if you're asking me to choose an analyst, I obviously couldn't choose Kirk Gowdy because he was a play-by-play guy. But if you're just asking me to name one person that I could sit in a booth with and do football, it would be Kurt Gowdy, and the second one would be Pat Summerall. Pat Summerall was amazing, and I am going to make sure my homework is done by tonight on Kurt Gowdy. Um, let's move forward. How about basketball? Marv Albert. I mean, Marv's, Marv, Marv, Marv's the reason why I got into broadcasting. Had I not grown up in New York, I don't think I would have chosen uh, broadcasting, I think I would have been an airline pilot. I used to love planes. I still, to this day, love flying. I could get on an airplane tonight and I could fly, you know, 15 hours or 17 hours and I would be the happiest guy in the world. I love flying. I always wanted to be a pilot. Had I not grown up listening to Marv Albert, I don't believe I would have been a sportscaster because he gravitated me towards that field. When I heard Marv do the Knicks and the Rangers, that's when I said, that's what I want to do. And without that, I don't think I would have ever said, that's what I want to do. Marv is somebody, when you listen or you you know hear him, it literally makes you just draw into the game and the screen. You are listening to what he is saying. And there was something about his voice, too. It just was nostalgic. It would give you goosebumps sometimes. And yep. I absolutely love that. Yep. Okay, third one, NHL. Marv Albert. I didn't know Marv did NHL games. Oh, Google Marv Albert uh, announcing hockey. Marv was the best, one of the, I'll tell you who the best play-by-play announcer I've ever heard in hockey was Dan Kelly, the late Dan Kelly, the voice of the St. Louis Blues. He was great. Obviously, Doc Emmerich is Doc, but. Dan Kelly was a phenomenal hockey announcer. Uh, Pat Foley, the longtime voice of the Blackhawks, uh, to me, one of the top three or four best hockey announcers I've ever heard. But Marv was an incredible, incredible, great hockey announcer. He was the longtime voice of the New York Rangers for years, for years. Marv did both the Knicks and the Rangers. all the time. I mean, Marv, Marv, uh, you want to talk about Marv. Marv did the Knicks, the Rangers, and anchored the sports on the 6 and 11 p.m. news on Channel 4 in New York. Think about that. I mean, Marv would be at Madison Square Garden announcing the Rangers and the Knicks. And then at 11 o'clock, you would turn on, you know, WNBC Channel 4, and Marv would be doing the sports. I mean, it was unbelievable. Seriously. That was every, every game. Marv did every game. Talk about work ethic and uh, love. You know, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, okay, my, my homework assignment is getting a little bit longer by every question I ask, but I'm going to do yes. one more. Yes. <laughs> MLB. I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm blown away, blown away that you did not know who Kurt Gowdy was. I'm blown away. No and idea. When you, hear, when you hear Kurt Gowdy's voice, you're going to go, oh, wow, okay, yes. But anyway, go ahead. Okay, last one, MLB. Mel Allen. I mean, I, I Mel Allen to me was, you know, this week in baseball, him narrating 
this week in baseball was always, you know, his his signature line was, how about that? Uh, Mel Allen, now, do you know who Mel Allen is? Honestly, no. Okay. All right. You, you know what? It's a good thing that you are not next to me because I would strangle you right now. Okay. Like I, I would literally slap you across the face if you were sitting next to me. Mel Allen is Mel Allen is not quite on the level of Vin Scully, but he's very close. You put Vin Scully, Red Barber, and Mel Allen. Okay. Just so you know, Mel Allen is in the same conversation as Vin Scully and Red Barber. Okay, so now you got to go back and Google Mel Allen. You can also Google Mel Allen this week in baseball and you can listen to his voice. His narration of this week in baseball, which was a weekly show that was phenomenal. But his favorite line was, how about that? And I'll tell you this, 1978, my first time I ever had a press pass to a pro sporting event, I drive two hours from my college in Bowling Green to Cleveland to go to the Yankees-Indians game in September. And I'm so excited. I get to the game before anyone else. I'm one of the first people in the stadium, okay? I'm in the stadium hours before the game, and I end up going to just sit. I'm sitting in the Yankees dugout. There's nobody on the field. There's nobody doing anything. It is just quiet as a mouse. And Mel Allen the legendary Mel Allen, the man that you've never heard of, that legend, comes out of the Yankee clubhouse and he sits down about 10 feet from me. And I'm like, oh my God, that's Mel Allen. And Mel goes, how are you? And I go, I'm very good. Thank you very much. And, um, and he says, who are you? And I said, oh, you know, I'm go to college at Bowling Green. And I said, first of all, it's just an honor to be talking to you. I'm from Long Island. I'm a diehard Yankees fan, and I just love you. And Mel Allen talked to me for 20 minutes in the Yankee dugout. And he was asking me questions about why I went to Bowling Green. I talked to him about I play lacrosse, and then I'm announcing on the school station, and I want to do, you know, sports announcing. And at the end of it, he said, I wish you the best of luck. It was nice talking to you. And I was just thinking to myself, wow. A historic, legendary announcer like Mel Allen took the time to talk to me and then at the end of the conversation wished me well. So the fact, Ryan, that you don't know who Kurt Gowdy or Mel Allen is, <laughs> I got to tell you, if you were sitting right next to me, I would slap you right across the head, young man, okay? I would, I, because you, cause you would need a wake up right now, not knowing who Kurt Gowdy and Mel Allen were. So I don't doubt that you would actually follow through with that. There's no oh my god! <laughs> but let me ask you: besides the letter that you wrote to Marv Albert and the letter you got back, who was the biggest influence growing up and talking through getting into the business besides him? My my dad. I mean, my dad provided uh, every resource that I needed to succeed. Uh, I would get a phone call sometimes on a Thursday night from Michael Regai, who was the weekend sports anchor at the ABC, ABC station in Toledo, Ohio. Mike then went on and was the TV announcer for the Cleveland Cavaliers until Dan Gilbert bought the team. And then Dan hired Fred McLeod from Detroit and Michael was out of a job, but Michael was an unbelievably talented guy. 
Michael would call me up sometimes on Thursday night and he goes, Napes, I've decided to take the weekend off. Can you work? I'm like, yep. And I was living on Long Island. I'd get my little Subaru hatchback and I would drive 10 hours. I would stay at uh, my friend's house in Bowling Green, then drive 20 minutes to Toledo, get the camera. I would go shoot the Toledo Mud Hen games or I'd go to shoot a football game or I'd go up to Tiger Stadium and, you know, Sparky Anderson and that great Tigers team and uh, put all the highlights together and anchor the news, uh, the sports on Saturday night and Sunday night, five minutes each. And I got paid five bucks an hour. And at that time I was not working. And, you know, honestly, I, I, I relied on my father a lot. And my dad was always, always there for me, always giving me encouragement. Uh, listen, if you're a father or a mother, or you have a loved one that has a dream to be an announcer, and they go through four years of college and they are doing a lot of things. They've been on national TV like I was. Um, I've done hockey. I've done, I've done a lot of things. But then when you graduate and then, boom, for two years, you really can't find work for the career that you have chosen. You know, it can be it could be disappointing for a parent, I would think. And my dad was always building me up. My dad was always encouraging me uh, without a question. You know, all of my life's values, just like most children you get from your mom and your dad. And because of my sister, my mom was always working with my sister. So my relationship with my dad was ironclad. Uh, I didn't spend nearly as much time with my mom because she was always working with my sister. And so the bond that we had with my dad for sports and his encouragement and never saying no to me without that, without, without a question, it would be my father uh, to get into the business. This, I always tell young students this, and I always tell those that are in college, the hardest thing about this profession is getting your first job. And once you get your first job, then you can move up the ladder. But getting that first job is so damn hard in this business. That's what it's all about, Grant. Uh, it's an amazing story, number one. And number two, I mean, it's not turning anything down, right? It, it's taking any opportunity that you Absolutely. can get at this point. Well, listen, so, Ian Eagle. Ian was on the yeah. – Ian on yesterday said he turned down on-air jobs to go to WFN and be a producer where he was not going to be on the air. But then they made him, they put him on the 2020 sports updates where he was on the air. But think about that decision. You think about all you want to do is be on the air, and he ended up taking a job where it was not on the air. So you make a great point. Absolutely. So I have a lot of homework to do. So yes. I'm going to hop off, give everybody yes. else the rest of the time. And, all right. Uh, so listen, everybody... Kurt Gowdy, that's C-U-R-T. All right. I don't want to make sure you misspell it. C-U-R-T, <laughs> Kurt Gowdy. Okay. And then, and then DG, Grant Napier calls on YouTube. And then Mel Allen, okay? And then tomorrow, you better call me up and tell me how ashamed you are that you didn't know who Kirk Gowdy and Mel Allen were, okay? Hey, who was that middle one that you said? <laughs> hey, you're <laughs> killing me. Oh, my gosh. Wow. All right, brother. Be well. All right. Take it easy. See you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That's funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How about that? Mel Allen. Mel Allen. Used to love Mel Allen. You know, this week in baseball, Mel Allen. Oh, are you kidding me or what? Mel Allen. And my my man, Ryan, who, by the way, had great energy today. Good job there, Ryan. Okay. But Mel Allen, this week in baseball. I'm trying to get some highlights for you so I can play over my uh, earpiece. But um, here we go. We'll see. if I don't know if you can hear this or not. But, you know, Mel Allen, are you kidding me or what? baseball season was filled with determination and drama, with great plays and gutsy players, with heroic highs and heartbreaking lows. And like every other season, 1986 proved that it's not over till it's over. I don't even know if you could really hear that, but that's Mel Allen. Are you kidding me or what? Who's Mel Allen? Come on. You know, who's Kurt Gowdy? Come on. Kurt Gowdy. Kurt Gowdy's legendary. All right. Great baseball announcer. Great baseball announcer. Great football announcer. You know, he did, by the way, just so you know, Ryan, he announced World Series games. Okay. All right. All right. Just so you know that. Kurt Gowdy announced the World Series. <laughs> All right. Oh, my gosh. Um, he did the Heidi game. Jets and the Oakland Raiders. Are you familiar with that game, Mr. Ryan in Sacktown? One of the most famous games in the history of the National Football League. Kurt freaking Gowdy was on the call there. That's right, Kurt Gowdy. Are you familiar with that game? You have more homework, Ryan. Your homework is to Google the Heidi Bowl, the Heidi game. All right? Kurt Gowdy. So there you have it. Kurt Gowdy. You better, you better, you better study these guys. All right. Kurt Gowdy, Mel Allen. Kurt, I mean, Kurt Gowdy doing the World Series. Did the World Series with Roberto Clemente playing for crying out loud. All right. That's that's Kurt Gowdy. Yeah, I know you probably couldn't hear that very well. Uh, you know, me being a uh, technological moron, uh, I apologize. But I do know who. Kirk Gowdy is, and I do know who Mel Allen was, all right? Both legendary, historic broadcasters, both Hall of Fame 
announcers. All right. Not just good. They were great with a capital G. Not as great as John, but close, close to being as great as John. Hey, John. Wow, Grant. Well, that was one heck of an endorsement. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> My pleasure, and, buddy. Uh, usually, Ryan is uh, putting you to work. A uh, way to turn the tables on him and uh, give him a little work today. That's that's that, nice for uh, Wednesday. He has a lot of work <laughs> ahead of him. He has a lot of work he has to do. I know, you know, and usually he's so prepared. It, it makes me wonder, Ryan, you need to catch up, buddy. <laughs> well, he did a I, great job, though. Oh, no, he Ryan's great. great but, uh, no, <laughs> it, it, he is great. But I'm shocked that, you know, for someone that's in the sports as much as <laughs> well, he is, he didn't know who Kirk Gowdy was. Once he listens to the Kirk Gowdy, some of those, he's going to go, oh, him. He's going to recognize the voice, but yes. not know that. Input the voice and the name, the face. And you remember Kirk right? Gowdy? You remember Kirk Gowdy? You remember Kirk Gowdy doing the American Sportsman? He was a big hunter and he was out there with his. Yeah, he did all of that stuff. Yeah. I remember like it was freaking yesterday, Grant, and it was 30 years ago or 40 or something. <laughs> long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 40. Um, yep. Yeah. And uh, man, what a sad ago. day. What sad... 42, is that what you said? 50 years ago, I mean, you know, Kirk Gowdy was doing games that did the World Series in the 60s and did the NFL and, uh, you know, uh -huh. AFL in the 60s and 70s. So, you know, 50 years ago, Kirk Gowdy, absolutely, you know, absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I remember, you know, growing up, remember his voice. I mean, I'm 54, born in 68, so late half yeah. of the 60s, but all through the 70s, you know, all through the 70s and everything growing up. And, you know, being a Dodger fan, this is a sad day. And this is obviously a sad week. For every, you know, everything that's gone on with Bill, now yep. Vince Scully, but you know what? What wonderful lives both of those guys yes. led, and they're having a tall boy and shooting his shit right now and having gone, man, what a long week. Yeah, you, you know, know what? You're you probably know. right. You're probably right, yeah. and we should all be as lucky to live a full life for, for you know, from what I understand, healthy, you know, Bill Russell at 88, yep. and Vince Scully at 94 announcing baseball games in 2016. I mean, where do I sign I up for that? You know? And everything Vince Scully did. I mean, you know, I obviously love him as, you know, Dodgers announcer, but one of my, the least favorite moments in all of my, you know, life, sporting life, he, he called the catch. And, you know, I'm no Niners fan and I'm a huge Cowboys fan. He called that yeah. too, and I was Vin. Vin, what are you doing? Make him win, yeah. Vin. And they, you know, still had close to a minute. <laughs> Roger, yeah. you know, Roger Staubach and Tony Dorsett. I grew up, and those were my boys. You know, when I was young. Hey, did I? You know, did I ever share? Kids. Did I ever share you the story of meeting Roger Staubach? So, uh, I have a good friend in Dallas that was having a 70th birthday party, and this guy is a major league heavy hitter. All right, I'm talking about this guy, Ted is big time heavy hitter so my wife and i flew to dallas for his party and he said to me he goes hey um i've got you at a special table and i'm like okay thank you very much but you don't have to he did tell me so we walk in and there are name cards on the plates of the table that you're supposed to sit at so we find our names and it's a circular table consisting of eight chairs. I sit down and there's only one other couple 
at the table who I happen to know, he was a announcer with the Dallas Mavericks, did the sidelines and some other things. So I knew him and we started talking. Three minutes later, this couple walks in and introduces themselves. And I I look and it's Roger Staubach. Roger Staubach (laughs) and his wife sit right next to me. I'm actually sitting next to Roger's wife. And then Rogers obviously studied next to his wife. So Roger Staubach asked me a couple of questions, told him I'm the TV announcer for Sacramento. And he said, oh, that's great. I said, well, Roger, I don't think you're really going to care for me that much. I'm from New York and I'm a diehard Giants fan. And he starts laughing. He goes, no, that's fine. And I said, I hope you, and this is fascinating. I said, I don't, I don't want to talk sports the whole night, but I would like to ask you this. I go, what was it like? playing at Yankee Stadium and he said it was my favorite place in the world to play and he said I always wanted to be a professional baseball player and he said I played baseball at the Naval Academy and mm-hmm. and he, and, he yeah. and, and and I was like wow and I said well I will tell you as a Giants fan one of the great thrills of my life was watching you and Bob Hayes play at Yankee Stadium because Bob back then was the fastest man on earth. Bob Hayes was the yeah. fastest man on earth, big track star. And he said Boy, to me, Bob Hayes, I remember. Yep. And he says to me, you know, the longest touchdown pass I ever had to Bob Hayes was at Yankee Stadium. And I said, I know, Spider Larkart bit on your fake and misread the play. <laughs> and he starts laughing. He goes, you're kidding me. I go, no, I'm not kidding you. He goes, you're exactly right. That's exactly what happened. And I blew his freaking mind from a game in the 60s, talking about Spider Larkart allowing Bob Hayes, and it was the longest touchdown pass that Staubach ever had to Hayes. But I will tell you something about Roger Staubach. What an absolutely class act this man was. He says to me, he said, Grant, listen, anytime the Giants are in Dallas, I would love to have you as my guest in my suite you are welcome anytime. I would love to host you when the Giants are playing in Dallas. How about that? How about that? I mean, I, wow. I almost wow. no. I mean, think about that. Roger Staubach saying it would be uh, a pleasure to host you in our suite when the Giants play in Dallas the next time. How about that? Man, Grant, I remember when you know you gave us gave me a lot more detail now than you did in the past because i remember the first time that you talked about that i said you're freaking kidding me right you know yep that's roger Staubach. that's you know and i was you know four or five year old man when i started liking football and yep. he was he was my boy and my parents they weren't yep. cowboys fans but i looked and i said but what a good guy look he's in the air force and now he plays football and you know navy he was such a great guy and obviously was in that hey that wasn't just navy. a persona that is you him. better get it right Navy. He was in the Naval Academy. Oh, I meant. Did I say Air Force? I meant Navy. I parlay. Yeah. Sorry, no problem. (laughs) Hey, you know what else Um, was interesting? I didn't know this. I didn't. I didn't know this. He told me he didn't start playing football until high school. He played baseball and he played basketball when he was youngest. Yep. And then he's yeah. He started playing high school in tenth grade, I think. Yep, that's amazing. correct. And I was blown away. It is amazing. I mean, uh, what? A, but what a phenomenal gentleman. And he and his wife could not have been nicer, more hospitable. He was great. We have a, we have 
I mean, it was great. Just absolutely spectacular. Man, that's, you know, I can't be jealous, but I'm jealous. You know what I mean? Did you ever take him up on that offer? No, I never did. And part of the problem was I was always working. Every time the Giants were in Dallas, we were in the middle of the NBA season. So I never did take him up on that. Yeah, I understand. Well, hey, he might. You might want to try and see if he'll take you up on that now if you're not too busy. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good <laughs> point right there. Say, man. You know, make hey, a lemonade out of lemons. It's <laughs> a great point. Great point. Listen, you take care of yourself. Yeah. Good talking to you. Hey, hey, Grant, great talking to you too. And like I was saying, man, what just a, a troubling week. But, you know, we got to celebrate life. we got to celebrate life. Yep. And let's keep doing it, guys. Amen. Take care. Bye-bye. I wonder if I, I should have asked Ryan if he knew who uh, Red Barber was. You know, I don't know if he knows. I don't know. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here on Listen Up. And we say hi to Thomas. Hey, Thomas, how are you? Hey, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Hey, so I just came on late here. So uh, first of all, you need to ask how old Ryan is. If he's the same age as our boys, you know, because I've met your boy, my you met right. mine. Um, they might not know that because I don't know if I would ask Bryson with how old, you know, if he knew who Kirk Gowdy was. So you got to give the guy a slack a little bit. Come on, Grant. Yeah, Ryan is older than our boys. Um, oh, okay. So, but I'm not, right. I, no, but you see, I'm not going to cut Ryan any slack. I'm not. I, he needs to know who Mel Allen and Kirk Gowdy were. So I can't give him slack. But yes, I'm with okay. you on that. Uh, yes. I, but you know, me, I'm a hard, I'm a hard teacher, you know? Yeah. Well, if he, if he is, um, older than our boys then yeah then uh boy he's hopefully does his homework and does that so but um my memory um you know i grew up in tahoe and ski raced for 23 years and when i was younger i would always we get done training practicing and i would run home and watch wide world of sports at five o'clock uh -huh. i remember kurt kurt gowdy was always on for an hour before, right? Yes, always. And that was great. And I always watched that, learned a lot, and great show. But um, I was, I was going to ask you, what do you think of the production of Wide World of Sports and Jim McKay for years? It was, the, it, was the, it was the greatest weekly show on television. That's what I thought, yeah. It was, wasn't it? I mean, just from, they brought in sports. I would watch it mainly because I'd watch the World Cup skiing, you know? Right, sure. And then you'd watch the bobsled, and then they brought in, I think Cosell came in later, right? That's correct. You know, it was, you got to also remember, during that era, there wasn't a lot of sports on TV, so it was appointment TV. Like, you would plan your Saturday around to watch right. the wide world of sports, and the intro to Wide World of Sports to this day is probably the best intro in the history of sports television with the ski jumper falling off, the agony yeah. of defeat, and the thrill of victory. That 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 open, that intro to Wide World of Sports every Saturday to this day, and I'm 63 and you're just a few years older, that's the greatest introduction to a sports show in the history of sports television. Absolutely. And they, they were just solid, especially Jim McKay that was – well, no woke, no nothing. They were just nope. great announcers. And then the people they had on there, you know. But you're right. You had to time it. And I remember I would get home and and if 
I, we'd had we'd had four channels, right? Channel three, channel ten, and thirteen. Right? Yep. And and we had we lived in uh, Tahoe, and uh, so we had an antenna on the roof, right? And if I wouldn't get the channel, I'd have to go up and on the roof through snow <laughs> and try to find. And I'd get one of my buddies, and we'd have walkie-talkies, you know, these little play ones we had. And he'd That's say, awesome. "Okay, yeah, it's coming in, coming in right there." And then I'd take my hand off it, and he goes, "Don't put your hand on it." I go, "No, I want to watch it," you know. So, oh man, but it, it was just great memories of 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 that in the old days, where you know, you know, ah. you know who else I always remember on Why World of Sports was Chris Shankle, Jim McKay, Chris, and Chris yes. Shankle, right? Absolutely. They were always it was incredible. I mean, uh, and Keith Jackson was on Why World of Sports. I mean, that that Saturday afternoon, Wide World of Sports was again appointment tv i i don't you didn't miss wide world of sports unless you absolutely had to right i mean even if your buddies came and said hey we got to pick up football game yeah. or we're playing baseball uh-uh. you were not leaving the house until wide world of sports was over no i mean you know it's 13 14 and if i was girls or whatever nah, i'm sorry i'm watching wide world of sports yep me too you can wait you can wait after an hour you know you're right about that uh, Great memories. I uh, I like going back and um, watching some of the reruns from that show. But great, you know, like, like Keith Jackson and all those guys were, they were top notch. It was what the standard in broadcasting, and uh, and then unfortunately it's all gone downhill since yep, then. Yep, sure has. But it'll thank, come back. Thank, so. Yep. Thank you, Thomas. Good stuff. All right, Grant. Have a good one. You too. That was a good call right there. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. If you want to get in on the program, all you got to do is raise your hand, hit your hand icon, and I'll put you right on. Al, you're next. Hey, Al. Ryan's a whippersnapper, man. He's killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> oh my God! Doesn't know who Kirk got. You know he's a he's a whippersnapper, Nate. You know it's funny. I, love it. I I remember Kirk Gotti doing the American Sportsman. Yes, and that was a show where he'd go hunting or fishing and with like a like an a famous athlete or a celebrity even, and and that was a pretty good show and great show. Know, and that's remember that show. Of course I do. I remember him. You know, you'd turn it on and he'd be out hunting with Johnny Bench. Or he'd he'd be out with yeah. Daryl LaMonica or Kenny Stabler, and they'd be out in the wilderness with their guns or their right. fishing gear, and it was a, a phenomenal, phenomenal show. The American Sportsman's one of the, I mean, that and Wide World of Sports to me were two, the two best shows uh, that I remember as a kid growing up. 
Yeah, and then I remember his work. I think he worked with Al yes, Grotta sure for years, and they would they would work NBC because they did the AFL games, and and I I was a standard diehard NFL guy, and so I just could I couldn't do the AFL. They're always the enemy, you know. Even after the merger, it's like the NFL over the AFL. And Deer Goddess and Kirk Gowdy and Deer Goddess were a team for a while there. So he was a great announcer. They were one of the best teams got, in the history of announcing. Kurt Gowdy and Al D. Rogatis are one of the great broadcasting duos to ever live. Yeah. You know, I got a funny memory, and I'll let you go real quick. It's a great conversation. You're speaking to the great Roger Staubach. And, man, I'll tell you, I remember when he threw that Hail Mary uh, touchdown to Drew Pearson yep. against the Minnesota Vikings. And, Nate, do you remember? If you don't remember this, Right as he was catching it, someone hurled an orange out of the stands. And you're wa- I was watching this game on TV. What the heck was that? If you go back and look at the, the play, you see the orange hurling out of stands just as, as Pearson catches the ball, and he's kind of battling with Nate Wright. I think it was the Vikings' uh, defensive back, and they're, and they're battling really? for the ball. Pearson yep. makes a great catch. It's yep. an orange play. Yeah, it's one of the most famous plays in the history of the National Football League. And I don't know if everybody remembers, but if you want, if you do uh, Starbuck, Vikings, uh, Orange, (laughs) they'll they'll slow it down. It's funny. And I'll just say another bit with uh, Starbuck, his last game was a divisional playoff in 79 against the Rams. And the Rams won the game, and late in the game, he's scrambling around. He's trying to, to make a play. And he just throws the ball, and his his guard, Herb Scott, catches the pass. He didn't think to just drop it, so he got pen like game over. And years later, was when Roger got inducted into the Hall of Fame, he said, "I couldn't have done it without my great wide receivers, um, Bob Hayes, Lance Frenzel, Herb Scott." And you know, people just were cracking up. It was just too funny. That's beautiful. That's great. But good memories, Al. I really appreciate it. Thanks very much. Yeah, you bet. Take care, man. Yeah, you too. Yeah, that that show, The American Sportsman with Kurt Gowdy, was unbelievable. It was a great show. All right, let's get to uh, Brian. You're next here on Open Forum Wednesday. Hey, Brian. Hey, Grant. Hey, been good listening to you the last couple of days. Uh, didn't have a chance to call yesterday. Kind of want to uh, piggyback back to yesterday with the San Francisco Giants. Speaking of yep. voices, I've, I've always been a huge fan of a John Miller. I think he is a great baseball announcer, great voice to listen to on air. And correct me if I'm wrong, isn't he the guy who did your uh, prior yes. show opening of the uh, Yankee announcer? Yes. Yeah, Bob Shepard was the PA announcer for the New York Yankees. And uh, John Miller uh, was the one that imitated Bob Shepard for my intro. I agree with you about John Miller. He's one of the great baseball announcers of his generation. Yeah, definitely. And – my question to you is, I'm aligned with you. I can't stand today's baseball. I don't even, frankly, watch the regular season uh, anymore. Uh, and it's sad because out of all the sports, my favorite sport to watch when it comes to playoff time is baseball. And do you think baseball is going to go too far with the analytics and everything that maybe they will start to possibly scale back depending on the results of teams winning championships or whatnot, because I do feel like perhaps I, you know, I I haven't done a research on this, but the teams that are winning, are they winning purely on analytics or 
is there, in your opinion, a feel, a balance once you get the playoff time? What's your thoughts? No, they're not winning because of analytics. They're winning because they have uh, a ton of money to spend. Generally speaking, you know, your best teams in baseball are the teams that have the biggest payrolls. And, you know, just look at what happened at the trade deadline. And that just goes to show you. Now, San Diego was not one of those teams, but they, with their ownership and everything, they've made a concerted effort to be one of those teams. But for by, you know, analytics, yes, but all the teams now are in the analytics. So it's really the payroll uh, and the disparity in baseball from the haves and the have-nots are a real problem. I think baseball's got real problems. I don't think there's a quick fix. And I don't see the sport returning to where it was for a long, long time. I just don't see it. So your opinion is analytics is going to drive the game for the next decade or so. And they're not going to deviate. Well, how, how are you going to get rid of analytics in baseball? How, what are you going to do? No, I'm just saying, it, you know, you know, like we, you know, you talk about these sports. The NBA has kind of gone too far with the three pointer. Right. You know, now it's a, that's a different argument versus baseball. Baseball's struggling. Uh, basketball's not. I'm talking from a, I guess the, as you alluded, the money drives it. But if, if that's the game now, and but if it's suffering, will they perhaps recognize that the analytics yes. is part of the issue suffering and maybe strip that back a little bit in your yes. opinion? Yes, like the shift, for instance. You know, they'll remove the shift, you know, because that's based yeah. on analytics and things of that nature. Yes, I'm sorry, I misunderstood what you were saying. Yes, I do believe they will make changes and scale it back because they have to because their sport is dying. So, yes, I absolutely believe that will happen. Yeah, I, I hope so. And, you know, obviously I was in tune to the San Francisco Giants here when they won the three championships. I feel yep. even like 10 years ago, there was a better balance between the two. Obviously, analytics was a part of the game, but there was still gut feel management. For instance, we don't win the 2014 championship riding Madison Bumgarner on analytics. You know, yep. that game seven yep. is yep. pure guts and, yep. and a fighting spirit. Yep. And Mad Bum... That was one of the greatest performances yep. I've seen by a pitcher. And, you know, I, you, you know totally that's agree. not analytics. I totally agree. Great call, Brian. Thank you very much. Yep. Appreciate it. That, great, great point right there. You're spot on. Absolutely. Really good show today on Open Forum Wednesday. Uh, we got a little preseason football tomorrow. How about that? The Raiders and the Jaguars. I don't know if anyone's playing, but at least you got a, a game. And uh, tomorrow we'll talk to Ryan and see if he was – uh, a good boy and did his homework. I'm I'm confident that he'll do his homework, but if not, I would be very disappointed. I'm hoping that tomorrow when he calls, he will be able to give me a history lesson on Kurt Gowdy and Mel Allen. I think he'll do it. I got a lot of confidence in Ryan. I think that will happen. You have a fabulous, fabulous Wednesday evening, and I'll be back tomorrow at 3 o'clock for the late Kurt Gowdy and the late Mel Allen, and for the memory of Bill Russell and Vince Scully, in all seriousness, though, what a horrible week in the sports world, losing two iconic, legendary figures, uh, Bill Russell and Vince Scully. Wow. I mean, you can't have a Mount Rushmore without them on it. That's for sure. We'll be back tomorrow. Again, thanks very much. Grant Napier saying so long, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.